0: Welcome to Blue State Conversations. This is our place to discuss the political theory from all sides, bridging the political divides that split our society. Well, this is Matthew and Will here again to discuss a lot of different things that make up our society. And here we are with the opening problem. And first, I have a quote from Facebook. I am done pretending this is okay. I will fight against the fascists in America, boasts the comment. I don't mean you, just fascists like you, says the private message. And on the next post, a slur is thrown casually by someone wishing for a return to niceness in politics. <laughs> quote, I can only live in blue areas or quote, real men fallacies abound. We post, write, and proclaim platitudes and slogans we would never follow through on. We deliver standards and expectations that we then excuse our friends from in order to smack that annoying real partisan hack over there. A post declaring you are ready to lose your racist friends brings into question why you were friends with them in the first place. And are you actually removing half of your friends? And if it really gets worse around here, are you going to flee the country and move to somewhere else? We create more and more fanatic purity tests while wondering why fewer and fewer people want to be our friends. And today we're asking this question, what exactly am I agreeing to?
1: That's right, I I can't tell you how many posts, comments, articles by professionals. The stuff they say in it is just like, really, that's what you think this is? (laughs) The number
0: of times where I've started reading an article only to click away after like reading 30% of it because I've realized that the whole article is just opinion-based identity politics.
1: Yeah, it, it can really just get to the point where you they're just screaming at the other person and the, the stuff they say about people in these posts and articles.
0: Where it's suddenly not about facts. Like, I've been rewatching The Good Wife, and I was really entertained because there was this one scene where the judge, she gets really upset when a judge speaks and doesn't say, in my opinion, because she really wants people that come into her courtroom to recognize that it is either your opinion or it is a fact you cannot have it both ways.
1: Right. No, that's completely accurate. <laughs> the way people, they will treat their emotional responses or their anger, even if it's justified anger, they'll treat that as the fact. That's, I'm angry. And so you have to listen to it.
0: Your emotion <laughs> is an opinion. Like even righteous anger is an opinion.
1: Right. Because well, the other guy might just have as <laughs> much reason to be angry at you <laughs> as you at him.
0: They could. And you could even have situations where both people are allowed to feel righteous anger just from their own perspectives, but they're both still reaching from an opinion.
1: Yeah. And I think that just stems from, as humans, we have this internal need to sort of Mm. hype up the seriousness of an accusation or misstep from an opponent, right? Because when we believe that somebody is evil or bad or wrong, we can sometimes just make it... They're being wrong again. In fact, they're even more wrong this time. And it's much easier to do that. While when our side or our team or ourselves make a mistake, we tend to go, well, look, uh, my, my intent was to do this. And I know it turned out like the complete opposite way, but I meant to do this. And since I meant to do it, it's okay. But you, you actually meant to be really bad the whole time because you are terrible. You know, and I, the, the first one I can remember was back when the, the Me Too movement was going on. And they found photo evidence of Al Franken. He was grabbing a sleeping uh, woman's breasts. Oh, my. His argument was quite literally, like, you know, it was a joke. I was, it was a mistake. You know, I'm sorry about that. It was a different era, which was, you know, never accepted. But for a long time, people were just going, hey, why, why, why are we doing this? A lot of people were going, well, that's different. These other people. <laughs> yeah, this guy who grabbed a breast, he's evil. But this guy, he does a lot of good. There were actually people coming out and saying, well, Al Franken has done a lot of good for people. So it equates, (laughs) Mm. I mean, you know, but that comment from Donald Trump on Access Hollywood, he's like, he's the reason this, this, you know, they'll put his face in a self-defense class and go, that's the man coming for you. That's right. And you're going, are those two things really out of the same ballpark? Or maybe are they in the same ballpark and just ones on your team?
0: Do we actually have Donald Trump in self-defense books? Like, is that a thing?
1: I remember a couple of posts talking about Donald Trump is the reason that they need self-defense oh. because it's men like him.
0: Those older, middle-aged men with too much money and too much power. They're the ones. Right.
1: right. He became sort of the stand-in for what's wrong with women. But again, for some of those women, the second it was somebody, a Democrat on their team or a senator on their team, it was, well, they do good. And, you know, hey, we can forgive once or twice. <laughs> You know, all of a sudden the reasons started because, oh, you're kidding.
0: Or the worst is when you will read about people who totally are full in on the Me Too movement. But then those are the quickest ones to write articles that say, I believe this woman was raped, but because it's this other person who did it. And I believe with their politics, then I'm just going to have to vote this way for that candidate, even though I believe that they did what they're saying they did.
1: Right, I mean, what was it? Uh, the blue, no matter who—that's <laughs> didn't matter, right? You'll see better dead than red. Yeah, you know, everybody's got a color slogan. Mm-hmm. But how many times did Republicans get up, grab that podium, and talk about how the way we were spending money was not okay? Obama is destroying this country through spending. And then the second they were back in power, promptly went and spent the exact same amount of money.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. The, the longer that I've been looking at the politics, the more I'm like, wow. Republicans are only conservative fiscally until they have their own president in power. And then it's like, what? There's money that we need to be concerned about spending? (laughs) Because you just look at the last four years of Trump being in office and you're like, wait a second. We're sending out checks. We're putting money into companies' pockets. We're sending money abroad. What are we doing? Why are we doing it?
1: Yeah, you can just watch these speeches just change from president to president because we're in power now and we need to spend this money because we are here to do good. Mm-hmm. But the other side, they're doing bad and that's why we shouldn't spend the money. <laughs> I mean, what what's the debt at now? We're getting close to 30 trillion. Remember when we were arguing over raising the debt ceiling to 20 trillion? <laughs> Remember when that was the big thing? We had a whole government shutdown about it. Remember how much fun that was?
0: Remember when it used to be a joke where they were talking about being billions in dollars of debt and now it's like, wait, how many zeros is that? Is that right? No, we're at trillions now. Oh, not even just like single digit trillions, but multi-digit trillions.
1: Oh, yeah. You just, you can't make it up. But, you know, if you brought it up to a conservative when Trump was in power, for a lot of them, a lot of these Republicans, conservatives, it was, well, you know, hey, he's got to spend the way he does. He's not, he's not a full conservative. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, they shrugged it off. And now it's one of those things where people who are really, really far leftists are starting to say that, like, I was specifically telling a friend who is extremely socialist, they know that that's exactly who they are. And I told him, well, I am fiscally conservative, but socially moderate. And he was like, that's everyone. I don't understand why you'd have a problem telling people that's who you are, because that's everyone. That's all the Republicans. That's all the Democrats. And I was just like, whoa. I was like, okay, well, if you put it that way, yeah, I suppose the longer you go, the millennials of today might actually feel that way about money and might feel that way about the social side. And a lot of our parents would probably say that, or they would at least say things that sound similar. Like they would say, well, people can do whatever they want so long as it doesn't affect me. That's basically being socially moderate.
1: Yeah, no, a lot of... This is done because screaming will always beat reason. So it's a valuable weapon to have to sort of just win the current discussion, especially if you control media. So if you control the media in a specific situation, just kind of screaming louder wins the day. What that means in terms of just conversation is if somebody's sitting there and they're going through the different nuances and they're saying, well, I'm this and that, if you just get up there and you start going, no, no. You're here to destroy this country and you're here to do this. Then the other person who's sitting there going, Look, I'm not here to destroy this country. I just think this might be the way here. And I, I don't really consider this to be a certain thing. And they're trying to explain themselves. And you're just sitting there going, No, 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 no. That's you. You're here to destroy this. You're here to do that. You're the evil one. When you do that, the other guy's going to eventually go, ah, You
0: know what? All right, whatever, whatever. Or you raise them and you say, How dare you come in here and tell me who I am and you don't know the first thing about me? But that usually doesn't work out either.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's that's where you can just sort of find that people will become rage monsters, especially how many times you've seen a post where somebody will say something to your face. They'll call you racist, bigot, sexist. The other side will call you a liar. They'll call you uneducated, right? How many times has somebody been called a cuck online in the last five years? <laughs> And then when the other person goes, hey, that's not fair. The first person's like, well, look, uh, just, I'm just angry. Just angry. It's nothing personal. I mean, I know I like insulted your wife and called you stupid, but like, <laughs> come on, come on. Well, aren't we all a little angry? Can't we all be a little angry here? And it's kind of like, look, those things matter. The words and stuff you're using, you said them. You heightened the temperature in the room. So just by taking something small, I actually watched somebody get upset over a semantic argument between two conservatives. Somebody said random target. And the other person said well, it's not a random target. It's multiple targets. <laughs> oh, going, really? That's what we're doing. Like, what, like? And by the end, they were insulting each other. You know, you're a liar. You're a this. The other guy was talking about how you've got no character.
0: And it was... It's a great time to walk away.
1: Yeah. And it just kept piling. You know, the first guy posted, the second guy responded to him and then he responded to the second guy and he was a little bit angrier and then he was a little
0: angrier to him and then he was... And then somebody unfriended the other person and now they don't speak anymore.
1: Right, and it becomes a real issue watching those things happen, and you're going, "Don't you guys like agree?" <laughs> but that just leads to the fact that a lot of our stuff that happens today is speeches are not made anymore. You'd, like the Lincoln Douglas debates, very famous. People would go and watch Lincoln and Douglas debate for hours on politics. Does anybody do that anymore? I mean, you sit at home on your TV. You watch people's live tweets. You're sitting there. Does anybody ever just go and just kind of sit there and go, "Eh, that's a good point he just made. What do you think about that? Nobody does that anymore and listen to the other guy talk.
0: No, it's far too simple. It's just like we invited this person to come talk on our show and I asked them questions to see what they'll step on and explode.
1: Yeah. And that's why debates nowadays, they're very one-sided raging sound bites. Yeah, it's for soundbite, so you can attack the other side. Kamala Harris, she had, that little girl was me. And then all of a sudden, her campaign, the second she said that, they had a whole merchandise line ready to go. And you're going, really? Come on, that's not authentic. You figured out your advertising line, and there it is.
0: Or during the second debate, which was the vice presidential debate, where you could tell Pence was like, I've got this one line, and I'm ready to say it twice the whole night. He was like... (laughs) you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. And that will be the only line that anyone remembers from that night.
1: Oh, because it, it's effective and it creates this whole attack because you can take that line on. Oh, you can stick it to every leftist, you know, right? Every leftist that makes a post, you can go
0: boom. There it is. Didn't that sound so good?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so nice. And it's a one liner. You can take to the bar with your friends How many times have you seen somebody talk about how I'm here to care and support about women? And then a woman will comment on another post and that person will be like, you insert multiple words that aren't kind towards women. And you're going, hmm, I wonder if you actually care about women or if you just like to think you care about women.
0: (laughs) It's far easier to have the opinion when it's just a void and you're just speaking to it and it's just your singular post on Facebook, I care about women. Or, you know, I believe women. And then literally months later, it's like blind eye to so-and-so who's trying to get their story out there.
1: Right. And I think you just have a lot of these people who you see likes piling up on your comment. And it's a rage-filled comment because everybody else who's angry likes it as well. So now you're incentivized to go and continue that
0: behavior. (coughs) I'm not even sure you've really given it enough thought there. It's not just a like. There are those people that are like hearting these comments that are rage filled. And you're just like, wow, it was like you didn't feel enough to put the regular like on it. You had to put the heart on it, too, because it was just too much. You felt like I heart this.
1: I remember sometime somebody accused me of supporting lynching, which is obviously a horrific lie, and nobody is running around, least of all me going, yeah, I think we should have black people and string them up. Nobody is for that. I'm not for that. It's very obvious. I'm not for that. And I had people who knew me who were just like hearting it. And when I messaged them going, why are you hearting this? They went, oh, well, it was like the overall sentiment of the post. There was like other stuff in there that I like kind of liked. I didn't mean that part, though. I'm going, well, then why are you hearting it? That's part of the post. (laughs) You know, what is going on? And
0: from your perspective, you're like, they support all of this. Otherwise, they wouldn't have liked it. I've had a number of comments that I liked, and then I finished reading it, and I was like, I'm going to unlike that now. (laughs) And it's really funny, because it's usually the beginning of it that you're like, that seems pretty good. And you get to the end, and you're like, wow, this person just really insulted this other person, and I'm definitely not for that. You like slide the like away and you're like, hopefully they don't get a notification that that happened.
1: Oh, I know, right? Yeah, (laughs) because... But Jonathan Haidt did some studies on the high schoolers and younger people and how they were interacting and how it was changing. He did a lot of research. It was put in the book, The Coddling the American Mind. And he was talking about how for a lot of these, especially young women, it actually was affecting their self-esteem just by the posts. And imagine if... Just somebody not liking a photo you put up can have that much of an effect where they saw a 75% increase in suicides in young women. If just not likes on a post can change somebody's attitude that much, how much do you think rage-filled comments, how much do you think that's changing people from, hey, I've got an opinion to the QAnon, Antifa extremist types that you see today? How much do you think that's being affected by the fact that somebody will say something left wing and a bunch of conservatives descend on them to tell them you're a stupid, you're an idiot, you don't know anything, you're a cuck, you're this. You know, you, when you see those comments, how much of that is just sending that person away from mainstream and into the fringes because, well, mainstream sucks.
0: I mean, you're probably going to see that type of a comment stream under like a Yahoo News article. So as long as you steer clear of something like that, you're probably okay.
1: Right. And the problem is, is accountability for a lot of these things. The internet has made things so fast. I mean, the 24 hour news cycle is just, it's forgotten so quickly. I mean, do you remember the fact checks that came from the media? They said, there is no vaccine that will arrive in 2020. It did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And any of those people fired? No. They're still fact checking.
0: (laughs) In fact, some of those fact checks are still in existence. They're not going to delete those pages unless they think to go back in time and find where they are on their servers just to do so. Right.
1: And how many people attacked their conservative or Republican or Trump supporting friends with those fact checks and said, you don't know what you're talking about. You're stupid. The experts have spoken and insulted them and they were wrong. The only thing that's left over is the anger because nobody is circling back and going, hey, I was wrong about that because it was on a post three months ago. We're not searching through posts from three months ago from our friends, things to go, oh, hey, I'm sorry, I was wrong about that. So when you separate speech from that face-to-face component, you actually lose a lot of that accountability where you tend to remember a lot of face-to-face arguments you had because they're intense. Over the keyboard, you can say some stuff and it's kind of like, oh, they angrily texted back. It's not as threatening (laughs) as when
0: somebody's screaming in your face. I mean that doesn't usually happen to me, but I have had some upset people talk to me in the past. But it is one of those things where it's very separate. You don't feel like you are having an interaction with somebody when it's over the internet, and so that level of separation it disappears when you're in person. Which you know there isn't a lot of in person anything happening right now since we're no, there isn't. We're recording this at the beginning of 2021.
1: Uh, As long as you record at any time in the last year. Right. 2020,
0: 2021, (laughs) basically since the beginning of March in 2020. Yeah.
1: And this just starts to lead to tribalism because people can't stand repeated abuse. They're going to go find people that aren't abusive towards them. And that's actually how a lot of cults get members, actually, is they're very welcoming, very pleasant people to be around. And you're just like oh my gosh, this is great. I finally found it. And then once you're in, there it is. And we don't have the time to sort through the world wide web and digest every single content. I can't read in just my amount of time. I personally cannot read every single study on every single issue. That's not possible for a single person to do.
0: Or in the case of the COVID vaccine, There aren't that many people that were actually able to speak to the progress of the vaccine, and there wasn't a lot of stuff that was actually allowed to be public. Most of the information that was circulating publicly was what they were allowed to say, but almost all of it was hidden under an NDA. So nobody could actually speak to the likelihood of there being a vaccine in 2020. It was all speculation until it wasn't, until they were actually moments or days away from asking the FDA for emergency approval. You know, it was more just a figment of the imagination that we would get there. And then we did. And then now we're in a position where it's just not moving fast enough across the country or the globe.
1: Yeah, with no vaccine information coming out, how did you do a fact check? And how many people trusted those fact checks, right? Everybody who read those fact checks trusted the people doing those fact checks to do it for them so that they could find that link and give it to somebody for help. And it actually caused riffs. It definitely caused risks because coronavirus response was one of the biggest arguments over the summer. That was half of politics. If everybody remembers the bleach argument where people were arguing about how you safely ingest bleach, what a good time.
0: And the irony about the politicians that were being elected to our executive offices this coming January 20th is that they both have the exact same plan. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they did. We're going to develop a vaccine.
0: Done. We already did that. (laughs) We're going to make sure that we have the systems in place to get it around the country and the world. That's already done. We're going to allow there to be places that people can actually go and take these vaccines. That's actually done, too. There's a Walgreens-CVS deal where they are going to be ready by, I believe it's the summer, that anybody could walk in and get a dose.
1: Right. And how much are you actually going to be trusting these people who say this? How much are you going to be saying that, oh, they told me this back then and now they told me something else? A lot of these people don't even know. They didn't know that there were vaccines in the works. They didn't know. They had no clue that all of those things were done. You can go on left-wing boards. They don't know any of that was done because it was advantageous for those news sources to not include that in their stories.
0: Well, the news sources that we're sharing more of the leftist type news, were more interested in bringing news to the forefront to tell people to stay at home, don't go out, there's no way to combat this, and then that's all there was to it. So instead of looking up news that they wouldn't agree with, they would just sit at home and be frustrated because there was nothing being done, they're not sure what's going to happen, but we know that it's gonna take years before anything will happen. When the rest of us are sitting at home and we're like, well, We're going to go to work if we have to go to work. We're going to go shopping if we need to go shopping. And the world will not end in 2020.
1: And a lot of this comes from what's the incentive for a lot of these politicians and for these health leaders? For them, the incentive is to get reelected. And if you handle COVID wrong, you're not getting reelected. Everybody kind of can figure that one out. So is the incentive to be more cautious or is it to be more proactive? It's to be more cautious. If you're Dr. Fauci, you've built an entire career. You're a national health leader. You've worked on this. You've networked. You're one of the most powerful people. He gives speeches. He writes textbooks. That ends if he called coronavirus wrong. If he admits, hey, I got it wrong, he could get skewered. So even though he said hundreds of wrong things in the beginning that actually slowed down our response... He's never going to admit to that because he's just going to do whatever is the safest thing because he's not a lawmaker. For him, it's better to sit there and go, look, we need to lock everybody inside for five years. It's better for him to say that because then the lawmakers who go, look, we can't do that. He'll go, well, see, it's the lawmakers. I'm getting overruled. This is also part of why it's political. Right. It's easier to let somebody else take that heat. This can really lead to tribalism. Again, how many times was it Dr. Fauci was like, on every TV show, because he would say something that supported the Joe Biden campaign for president attacking Donald Trump on COVID. Hmm. And then how many times did you not see him for three weeks because he (laughs) said something that was not within that narrative being pushed? And then all of a sudden he'd be back on the air, right? He got asked directly by Rand Paul. He got directly asked at the BLM protest super spreader events. And you can see Dr. Fauci go, Hey, I'd rather be alive. Thanks. I'm not answering that. You could see that in his eyes when he was answering, where he was just going, well, I, I only have medical opinions when he's doing stuff like that.
0: Meanwhile, the response should be generic, and he should say, if it is a meeting of X number of people in closely confined areas where they are not able to social distance then I would consider any event like that to be a super spreader. But you know what they would end up doing? They end up saying, Dr. Fauci calls BLM protests super spreaders. And the only network that would run it would be Fox News.
1: Right. And then he would be skewered professionally for months by CNN. And he knows this. He Mm -hmm. knows this.
0: He knows that he has a de facto political position with any word that he says.
1: Yeah, he does. And the thing is, it's not his fault for this.
0: It really isn't. He's in a position that he is reflecting what he has to to survive because the news is putting him in that position. People are putting him in that position.
1: Asking someone to throw away their career, you better give them a really good reason, right? And a lot of people, if you say, look, I want you to take the more nuanced position. You know what that person's going to say? Thanks, buddy. I got a mortgage to pay for.
0: So since we brought up tribalism and how it impacts Dr. Fauci. I kind of want to bring up something that happened very recently. So we're recording this on January 10th. And on January 6th, Congress came together to pool the electoral votes together from the states and then certify the election for Biden. It was
1: and mostly on, peaceful.
0: It was mostly peaceful. And on that day, there were some extremists, and I'm going to use the word extremists for the people who broke into the Capitol and they were looking for senators, they were looking for congressmen, and they mostly just did some damage and a few people passed away or were shot. So one woman was
1: shot, a police officer died of injuries sustained several days later. Right.
0: And then three died of medical emergencies. So that brings us to a total of five people. Yes. And the issue that I've been hearing a lot of recently is that people are looking for a way to distance themselves from the people who broke into the Capitol as much as possible. So you will see pictures of people that were there and people will say that they're QAnon, people will say that they're BLM, or that people came in and made this Capitol attack happen that weren't a part of the original protest, all these different things. First of all, it's too early. Like, it's been four days. We're here, and we know that they've probably, I think that they have arrested over 60 people. And I'm sure that amount's rising.
1: Yeah, it's rising as they find people. They have facial recognition software. Of course they do. It's the FBI. One guy wore his work badge. (laughs) Wow. And so they just
0: identified his company straight from the badge. (laughs) I'm sure that company was very displeased by that. Yeah, he got fired, like, the next day. Of course he did. Yeah, and so where I'm going with this is that we need to be cautious when we look at the news or when we try to find our own data around who these people were and what we try to figure out what their views are. Because I imagine that there are people there from both major sides across the extreme sides of either between BLM and TIFA. QAnon or even more conservative you know values like there's the whole gambit of people could have been there and trying to come up with some sort of way where you say I am not like those people is going to be difficult and you're better off really not trying to do that you're better off saying to yourself that I am not that type of person and I wouldn't do that and if somebody were to try to make generic comments about you know all these conservative people breaking in and doing all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to fight them for you to know that that is not your viewpoint. You don't have to like stick up for yourself so that they know that you're not that kind of person. Silence is not the same thing as accepting it. And if you do need to respond to them, you can, but you don't need to feel like you have to beat them to let them know that that is not your position.
1: Yeah, you don't need to win the argument just to know who you are. You don't need to do that. I mean, honestly, for a lot of those people that walked in the Capitol, they probably were just going with the guys in front of them.
0: And I know a couple people that were there that never saw anything. They went, they protested, they walked away, and then they noticed that some things were going down because their phones told them things were going down, and they backed up. They were like, nope, not getting caught into whatever is happening over there. Right,
1: right. But if you talk to a lot of more left-wing people, every single person who was there is an insurrectionist. David French has a column out talking about how this is a Christian insurrection. The Christians are attacking the Capitol. going, Really? The Christians are attacking the Capitol? Get out of here.
0: And this is how things start. The next thing that happened is that in the past few days, there's a supposedly somewhat underground but... Totally popular, and I haven't even used it yet. The Parlor app is a social network that is unmoderated, and it was removed from the Google Play Store. Apple came out and said that they were giving Parlor a 24-hour warning before it would be removed from the store. And just today, I found that Amazon was removing Parlor from their AWS servers and closing down their account. As a software developer, I have to tell you, that is like... Really toxic and terrible because you give your business to another business and say, We expect you to give us what you are supposed to deliver. Like, literally, Amazon's entire piece of AWS literature is that they have 99.9% availability to the 11th power and that they have 99.9% durability to the 11th power. So that is their whole namesake. And them deciding to be political and remove one of their clients from their service is just like, I wouldn't want to do business with you off the top of my head. I would try to look for somebody who's not going to become political and remove me from their service.
1: And the reason for it? is most likely that they know that they're up for regulation. Because a lot of people focus on Donald Trump being the Section 230 tweets. They focus on that. They don't realize that, maybe not Section 230, but Democrats are looking to regulate big tech just in a completely different way. So for these guys, it might be worth losing a million followers or so to sort of appear cool to the other side. And this is a really quick way to appear that way. So, I mean, Spotify banned Donald Trump. Spotify? Yeah, is he going to listen to Eye of the Tiger too much? Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know, does he have a playlist type, incite riot music? No, he (laughs) doesn't.
0: For this tribalism aspect, I feel like what's really important to note here is that when Trump gets blocked from Twitter, that is not something people should celebrate because you are just a couple years away from somebody deciding that it's your voice that needs to be silenced. And nobody knows this more than the minority community in our country. People that have had years and years, decades of being silenced. The reason why the Black Lives Matter movement has come to such a height, the reason why we have lots of Black people having their stories be heard in the award shows and in the movies and the TV shows that we have today is because they spent decades to hundreds of years being silenced. So you can't decide that this is somehow morally good to then flip to the other side of the coin and then suddenly say, these people should have their voices silenced. Because as soon as you start doing that, you're not making the world a better place. You're just deciding that it's your views that need to be empowered above their views and their views need to be silenced because they're not my views. And I was actually really pleased to see that the ACLU has started to come out and they've started to issue warnings on the fact that they shouldn't be celebrating Donald Trump's voice being shut down on the Twitter platform. And I'm so thankful that the ACLU is starting to come out and say that because we need to start having liberal institutions that support people's rights, let people know that this isn't something that should be celebrated. Because eventually, it's going to become a problem for the minorities that they claim to support. Because this is the exact same thing that they have been trying to fight for decades. And they've done a good job with that. But it would be kind of ridiculous if the ACLU had to come to the defense of white Americans who have their First Amendment freedom squished. Like, wouldn't that just be the most bizarre thing?
1: Yeah. And, and you know who just decided that all these people cheering right now, who decided that those people are going to get silenced in 10, 15 years? It's everybody who has got banned, is switching to parlor, who's falling. Because you've just convinced them, I can't work with you. I have to beat you, and the second you've convinced somebody, I have to beat you into submission, because you can beat somebody politically, but the second you've decided, you know what, I'm not going to just beat you, I'm going to end you. You're a threat, and I'm ending you, either politically, physically, however it is, that's coming, and if you're going to sit back and go, whoa, 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 this is this is not what I, and they're going to go, eh, too bad, buddy, and you know what's going to happen to the ACLU? They'll probably be in that backlash. Cause they're typically tend to align with conservatives on the free speech stuff. And generally they tend to favor more left-wing causes. So you know what's right. going to happen in the backlash. It's going to be a broad backlash of screw you guys. Bam. They're going to get caught up in that too. And they're going to go, ah, that's, yeah, they were good. So Hey, don't, don't treat them too bad, but they're gone too.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause
1: if you're saying my institutions are going to go up against your institutions and let the best institution win, you just told a bunch of people, we need to build our own institution and then we need to take back what's going on. Cause what, nobody wants to be silenced. Silenced people get together
0: and start yelling. (laughs) That's what they do. Silenced people become extremists.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, how many years were we told that the jihadis and ISIS and all these people were filled with people that were silenced and not heard and displaced by military action. And they were just byproducts of our arrogance. If that's something you've been saying for a long time, you probably just created a few extremists. Right. Cause again, lost in a lot of this was there were people that walked in the Capitol and they honestly wanted to cause trouble. But at the same time, you know what they found? Pipe bombs. Somebody went and planted pipe bombs. Yep. So for a lot of those people that watched what's happening after the Capitol, cause a lot of people watched the Capitol raid like myself and just went, that's not good. It's not good. They're watching the over hate, the overplay in back and they're going, wait a minute, never mind. That was good. Anyway, no, 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 you rioted for eight months, you did this, and then you're going to take away my freedom of speech because of 2,000 people in D.C.? No, no, arrest those people and let me talk. I wasn't in there. And now you're going to start seeing them go, hey, you know what? Those people are right to go in there. You're going to get those people. That went, just kidding. Those people should have gone in there. This is crazy. Oh, geez, I didn't see it, but they showed me.
0: Well, it goes back to how there are a lot of people saying, how dare these capital riots happen? And then just six, seven months ago in the summer, there were riots happening around Black Lives Matter, and people were supporting the violence. And it's those people that seem to be the most angry about the current riots. But they won't back off and say that the other riots that happened several months ago were also wrong.
1: I watched somebody who's a commentator, and they said that violence is integral to the Stop the Steal movement. They called it a movement. It's not a movement. It's a political event. And they said, but it's not integral to BLM. And I said, okay. so which movements is violence integral? Is it Republicans and Trump supporters? They don't have an answer. And the reason is it's because they think it is.
0: Correct. Because there is no basis of truth for that particular decision.
1: And so once she's made that decision, that's going to start pushing people towards every time somebody says they're a Trump supporter, they need to be shunned and destroyed and and taken away. They're going to push people in that direction. They're going to do what they claim Trump did. That's what they're going to do, right? They're claiming that Trump pushed people in that direction. But if you continuously start telling people, look, shun, remove, take away, just because they say the banned list of words. And that's the thing. People are stopped from becoming extremists by their allies. They are ended by their enemies, right? So all those people that you just shoved onto Parler and Gab and all those other places, they're not going to stop. They're coming back. And if you try to squish them down, eventually some of them are going to go, ah, screw this.
0: Meanwhile, I think what's probably going to happen is things are going to cool down for a while. January 20th will come and go. Biden will be the president. The Senate will be blue. The House will be blue. Last time that happened, we got a bad health care bill. And I say bad because there were pieces of it that were illegal and those pieces have been removed since then. And while there are some good things that happened from it, it's this is what will happen what we can expect to happen in 2021 and 2022 is that there is going to be some notable piece of legislature that nobody is going to read except for the original person who wrote it and it's going to be passed and (laughs) we're going to hear you don't get to read it until it's been passed or something like that and then it's going to finish out get put through and then it'll be 2022 and somewhere in 2022 the House only needs to lose X number of seats from the Democrats to the Republicans to lose their House. And I can expect if the last, not four years, but the eight years before that is anything to look at there, is that people get complacent. And from what we know, it's the Democrats who are more likely to become complacent in the sense that they will not necessarily show up to the polls if they think their person has definitely won. So like when Clinton was supposed to win, everybody just thought she would win and then she didn't win. And I'm expecting in 2022, people are going to say it can't be Republicans. It'll never be Republicans ever again. Meanwhile, that just defies the reality of what has happened in the last four, eight, 12, 16, 20 years. Silent majority, yeah? There are always people who come back, not to mention that we don't talk enough about how the state level is going to impact the 2022 House races because there's something like 27, it might be 29 states that have Republican state legislatures. And because of 2020's when they counted everybody.
1: It's a census year. So, yeah, it's a redistricting year, meaning they control where the congressional districts are drawn in their state.
0: Exactly. So now we have. 20 plus or 25 plus states that have Republican legislatures that are going to redistrict the way their states are organized and people think that gerrymandering is bad now, I think it's going to get much, much worse because that is going to be how the Republicans get revenge. And I think revenge is probably the right word for it at this point because it's going to be silent. It's going to be silent revenge. It's not going to be on the news. It's not going to be on the news anywhere until... The actual House election comes up in 2022. Yeah, and well, they took back New Hampshire. They're right? Silent. Nobody's going to talk about that. And Georgia representatives
1: are already saying, Georgia's a red state, and it's going to be a red state. It's going to continue
0: to be a red state.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, they said, no, we're a 3 to 5% red state, and it's going to be that way. And they said, we're cleaning the voter rolls, we're making sure this
0: They're going to fix it. Yeah. It's going to be crazy in 2022 and 2024, people are going to be like, they're going to be shocked. And I'm putting quotes around that with my hands right now. They're going to be shocked. Some people will actually be shocked when they see how red it goes in 2022 and 2024.
1: And what's going to happen is the conservatives, when you go to the conservatives and you go to the Republicans and you go, Hey, this is unfair. You know what they're going to do? Hey, we don't care. You were unfair last time. Yep. Right. Because you told them that they were stupid idiots and that everything was unfounded, and the video that they saw meant nothing, and you didn't treat them like there was any respect there. So they're not going to respect you back. Why would they? We don't have time for this.
0: It also (laughs) means that in the next two years, we're going to see a lot of lawsuits. Anything that can be perceived as someone could be hurt by such and such law They are going to find, they, Republicans, with money to burn, are going to find the people who have been harmed by whatever this law is and build a singular or a class action lawsuit to get whatever they can to get kicked out.
1: You ready for the next two years of waiting for the Supreme Court decision
0: rollouts? Oh, yeah. And I guarantee you, like, I think it's funny. You know, people might be upset by the Supreme Court not ruling on any of these political things, but— What this does, I feel like it's setting up this moment where people are going, oh, yeah, the Supreme Court can be trusted. And then (laughs) it's going to be really, really bad if the Biden administration decides to try to create more positions for the Supreme Court because Mm -hmm. they can just say, excuse me, we didn't remove you from your seat and we could have and we didn't. So right. you need to respect us and respect the court system because without us, we will ruin everything because we can. And we know that they are constitutionalists in there, and that didn't mean removing Biden from his presidency. That meant removing anything they see as unconstitutional from any piece of law that comes through their hands.
1: So what are we conservatives, Republicans, people who don't want to get caught up in this insane standoff where exactly are we going for? Well,
0: first off, I want to make sure that we just recap. So like the question of the show is what exactly am I agreeing to? And the three points that we have that tend to happen a little bit too much or it's a little bit too much craziness in our world right now is that we as people, we tend to like bloviate. We say way too much. We get frustrated and we say lots of things that don't necessarily match with what we could converse with other people about in a nice way or like. Point two, we have the separation from speech from face where we don't take things as seriously as we should when we have communication with people over the internet versus in person. Versus our point three, where we have tribalism that threatens how we feel because we have people virtue signaling a specific way without waiting for all the facts to come in. And now we're at a place in 2021 where we need a way forward to work together and to respect each other. So as you were saying,
1: yeah, and I think the first thing we got to do is you need to support your enemies that are unfairly attacked. Because really, why would somebody respect you if you don't respect them? If you're out there calling everybody who's not on your team racist, why in the world would that person respect you when you say you're interested in unity? And I, <laughs> I came up with this show idea way back in like June. So you know, I kind of called the Republican position of screw your unity. How many Republicans were called racists and? murderers and all that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden everybody went, it's time for unity. It's time Mm. to get together. The Republicans just went with no. They went with no. They just said, no, we're done. Get out of (laughs) here. The time to call for unity was a year ago. Get out of here. So if you see somebody who, and you're, you're going back and forth, and then somebody jumps in and that person just hammers that guy with personal attacks, insults, things like that. I actually watched somebody once. He was arguing with the post owner, all respectful. A third guy jumped in and like really trashed this person. He didn't even have a point. He just trashed them. And then the post owner told the first guy, Hey, look at, look at what you're causing. And I was like, look at what he's causing. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. That other guy, that's a toddler. <laughs> yeah. You, he needs to get, you know, support those people. Cause again, they're going to see that and they're going to go, oh, good. Hey, thanks. And they're going to calm down themselves. So that little red mist that builds up behind your eyes as you get more and more Facebook comments back and forth, that's going to start dissipating. And you (laughs) want that to dissipate because otherwise you can say something you don't want to say. And then once that happens, how people are going to respect you. If you really mean I'm removing all racists, then everybody you remove better be a racist. Absolutely. They better. And then number two, I think you just need to remember your medium and medium, not as in the spirit talking way, but remember how you're communicating with the person because every way you communicate has specific drawbacks that you have to kind of remember. So, for example, when you speak face to face, we aren't carrying around source books with us, we're not carrying around links to fact checks. It ruins polite conversation, right? So, if you're out with a bunch of friends and you just start into politics, like, you can ruin the evening, right? So you have to remember that there's certain drawbacks when you're talking face-to-face. So, so you want to stay mindful of the fact that if somebody makes a claim, don't just say they're stupid or no, 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 or nah, 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 nah. You know, talk to them about it. If you don't know about it, then listen to them say it and go, I'll have to look that up.
0: And it's okay for you to say, oh, that's very interesting. If that's true, then right. I would definitely have to consider my position.
1: Right. Right. And then tell your position and then both you guys can go home. But if you just sit there and just jump on him because you have to win every single point and he can never be right, you've ruined it. And now that person won't want to talk to you again.
0: They won't want to hang out with you. They will not think highly of you for responding that way.
1: Right. Writing has drawbacks, right? Because you can't write forever. You have to condense certain positions and make certain assumptions because it needs to be readable. You can't write a book every time you're writing an article. Audio has drawbacks what we're doing right now. It has drawbacks because you can't see me. <laughs> you know, video has its own drawbacks because you have to have a presentation. People need to be engaged, so the entertainment factor needs to be high. You got to be mindful of certain things that people are doing in these different mediums. That really just wraps up with to answer the question at the beginning the most watch your declaratives. I will never? It actually means I will never. Racist means racist, idiot means idiot. Cuck means cuck. <laughs> democrat means
0: democrat. Okay. <laughs> if you type T-rump, it will mean that.
1: <laughs> right. I can't tell you how many times I, I actually saw somebody attack somebody else online saying, unfriend me, people swearing at some, this person. And then the person goes, well, I was just expressing disgust. going, like, No, you weren't. You were insulting someone. Get out of here. If you say something that should get you punched, Don't be surprised when you do, right? If you're the twisted T guy, don't be surprised when you're hit by the twisted T, right? It's easy to sit behind a keyboard and act in a way you would never in front of other human beings. It's easy to talk to your friend about, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy. He's such a, it's easy to do that. But in front of the other guy, go, hey, I'm, I'm so glad I know you. You're a great friend. It's easy to do that. But when you do that, that's when you just start pushing people into their corners, into people that think like them, that act like them. How many times have you been attacked by somebody who later on, when you're talking directly to them, is a different person?
0: Oh, I've had friendships where I straight up told them, we will never talk again over Facebook because when we do that, you end up swearing at me in an unkind way. And if I see you in person, we'll have a good conversation. That's totally fine. And some of those have actually, they've come through because I only see them once or twice a year and it's just fine. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, would that person be this nice to me online? And the answer is, heck no.
1: No, they wouldn't. And so there's a very, very powerful quote from um, Alexis de Tocqueville, who wrote Democracy in America, a very, very famous political book. He was a French nobleman who traveled extensively and spoke on political matters just from his observations of society and different governments and cultures. And this one, I think, really should be put on people's walls. You know, right next to the live, laugh, love.
0: It seems a little too long for live, <laughs> yeah, laugh, so love. Yeah, so
1: this one and then this one can uh, take up a little bit more. So it's a little bit of a longer quote, but it's very important. So tyranny in democratic republics does not proceed in the same way, however. It ignores the body and goes straight for the soul. The master no longer says, you will think as I do or die. He says, you are free not to think as I do. You may keep your life your property, and everything else. But from this day forth, you shall be as a stranger among us. You will retain your civic privileges, but they will be of no use to you. For if you seek the votes of your fellow citizens, they will withhold them. And if you seek only their esteem, they will feign to refuse even that. You will remain among men, but you will forfeit your rights to humanity. When you approach your fellow creatures, they will shun you as one who is impure." And even those who believe in your innocence will abandon you, lest they too be shunned in turn. Go in peace. I will not take your life. But the life I leave you is worse than death. And that's the end of the quote. Here's the thing that's important about this.
0: And that was Alexis de Tocqueville, yes.
1: Tocqueville. The importance of that is, if you're going to be one of those masters who says, you don't have to think like me. But you're not going to post. You're not going to be here. You're not going to be in polite society. If you're one of those people who was jumping off the couch when Maxine Waters said, we're going to rip them out of polite society. We're going to chase them out of restaurants. If you were happy when Sarah Huckabee Sanders could not eat in a restaurant with her kids because she's the president's press secretary. If you're one of those people, then you're the master in this quote. You're saying, kick them out and shun them. They can live in their houses, but they're not going to have a job. They're not going to have a life because... I'm in charge. And hey, you're alive. So what are you complaining about? You're not a slave. You're free. You are not a free person if you are unable to act freely. That quote is something you need to be thinking about when you're posting, talking, when you, the things you're celebrating. When you put up a quote or you put up a comment or you read a book or you listen to something like that, you need to be thinking about this. Are you saying that everybody else who doesn't agree with you Is going to be a stranger among us. Thanks for listening. And if you have a comment, question, or rant, we'd love to hear it. Email us at bluestateconversations at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and find our articles on Medium. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. No matter what state you're in, blue, red, or purple, there is always room at the table to discuss your views in a way that lets us all grow.